tell you I'm in first class and uh and it's just an experience that you uh will enjoy. Amen. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter sixteen verse seventeen and eighteen. Matthew chapter sixteen verse seventeen uh, and eighteen. This is this is Jesus at Caesarea Philippi speaking to the disciples. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Because Jesus wanted to know what other people thought about it. Who was Jesus? Who could identify Jesus as a person? And the answer simply was, uh, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is what came out out of the heart of Peter. So the question is here is this. Who answered that to Peter? Who revealed that to Peter? What happened in Peter's heart that he was able to look at Jesus and see the Son of God? Well, Simon Peter, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, meaning... Son of Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And that is why we begin our Bible study today. We're trying to find a way to where we identify in a small detail and in in just a little information of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in the life of Jesus. And you might say, Rick, you're so bold that you're able to uh, talk about this. And, uh, and, uh, and, and I do, because I believe that it's all over the place. This morning as I got up and began to read Matthew, 
I found several instances that Jesus is led of the Holy Spirit and the gifts operate through Him in a powerful way. And of course, you might say, Rick, you, uh, you're uh, uh, totally out of your mind. Uh, I don't think that's the truth. I don't think I believe that. Well, I'm not asking you to believe or not. I'm just saying to you what I found out and I'm going to share with you this morning. I hope that you'll be courageous enough to stick with me and go through this because there's a lot of scriptures here for this morning. Uh, I want to begin by looking at discerning of spirits because it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, a gift of revelation, discerning of spirits. A lot of people uh, have affinity with this gift and they understand this gift uh, what Jesus here is saying very much is that he knew Jesus is the Son of God by revelation of the Holy Spirit. Now, he discerned in Jesus the Son of God. You see, discerning of spirits is, is a revelation gift that pertains to the common man pertaining to Persons, places, events, and situations. And, uh, and so Peter saw in Jesus, revealed to him by God himself, that in front of him was the Son of God. In front of him is the Savior of the world. And so this sermon operates in here because it revealed something very important in the life of Peter. In Matthew 15, I found out other instances, verses 21 to 28. Let me go to it very quickly. Matthew 15, uh, 21 to 28. This is when Jesus meets a woman who had a daughter vexed with a demon. And, of course, she was the Canaanite woman. And, uh, and she refers to God, to Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a, de- with, a, with a devil. Now she recognized that evil. She recognized that evil. And so she approaches Jesus calling him the son of David, which is something that is not proper because she was a Gentile. And Jesus responded to her. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Now that got a little better response from Jesus. And he answered and said, It's not meat to take the children of his bread and cast it into dogs. And she says the famous phrase, Lord, yet the, the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from your master's table. And Jesus saw in her faith that was beyond and above. It says this, Oh, woman, great is your faith. Be done unto you as you will. Now, when he said that, it opened a door of prophetic power. Remember Eli uh, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 17. He saw Hannah crying, and, and he thought Hannah was drunk. Remember that? And the Lord uh, simply... Uh, revealed to Eli the priest that she wasn't drunk. And so here is, she said, I've been praying, I've been crying. I'm a woman without a child. 
And I've been left in ridicule for many years because I don't have a child. And so Jesus and Eli said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grants you your petition that you have asked of him. The same thing. That's what Jesus said uh, in, in verse 28, chapter 15. He simply said, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will. So when you see a statement like this, you've got to know that uh, there is a move of the Spirit here. You don't have to identify very closely right away what really occurred in this situation. But you know that the Holy Spirit is revealing something here very powerful. Because as Jesus authorized, authorized the Holy Spirit to do something, He says, be done unto you as you will. It simply means the power, the healing power of the Holy Spirit to heal and come against that demon that oppressed this, this young lady, the daughter of the Canaanite woman. She was, and he says the word, and her daughter was made whole from that very same hour. And so what I'm trying to tell you is that you're going to see the move of the Spirit of God into areas that are uh, very important. Uh, uh, Andy, uh, this plane is much, must be going real fast. It's going real fast. It's just uh, not moving. There's no turbulence right now, isn't it? I'm just, I'm just joking with you. Okay. All right. Now, let's... let's <laughs> there is no turbulence. No turbulence. It's a smooth ride. Okay. Now, let's go on to... Um, uh, Let's go to another instance in which there's a lot of action, activity, and suddenly, uh, 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 suddenly uh, something. And Matthew chapter 17, verse uh, 24. 17:24. They came to Capernaum that they received tribute money from Peter. So the tax collector approached Peter and said, uh, that your master paid tribute which is the temple tax. You know, it's, a, it's one shekel. Each person, half shekel, each. And Peter said, yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, what do you think, Simon? It means that Jesus heard it. Jesus heard what happened between Peter and the tax collector. Even before... Peter could tell what the tax collector wanted. Jesus responded and said to him, simply said to him this, I'll, I'll make it brief. It said, uh, you, 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 you don't collect the sons. Uh, you don't collect the sons of the leaders. Uh, Jesus said unto him, then are the children free, meaning, now standing, least we should offend them. In other words, in other words, when Peter came to the house, Jesus already knew that a tax collector was thinking. What are you thinking, Peter? Jesus said. And Jesus simply told him that the, the kings of the earth collect duty on taxes. For their, from their our sons or from others. From the sons or from others. Because you see, the disciples were now servants of the living God in the temple. They were leaders. They were in the temple. And those who work in the temple 
those who are called into full service don't have to pay it. But so no one be offended. Jesus is saying that the disciples were exempt from, from that taxes because they were God's royal household. But Jesus simply said, that's okay. I'll work that out. And uh, a word of wisdom is always toward the future. And Jesus simply told them, go into the lake. Catch the same first fish that you catch. Open his mouth. Get a hook. Open his mouth. And take a shackle and pay the taxes. So Jesus paid the taxes with uh, uh, a shackle inside of a fish's mouth. What a wonderful thing I could do that. I don't pay much tax. As a matter of fact, I got a lot of response in return. But some of you must be asking God to send a fish so you can pay the tax this year. Amen? All right. Now, so the gifts operate this way. Uh, and I, I want to I wanna just say, say something here to, to build you up and encourage you. Revelation produces the word of knowledge. Revelation produces a word of wisdom. Revelation produces discerning of spirits. <coughs> Revelation is what God reveals in the interaction between Jesus and the people, and the disciples. So Revelation, when it comes, activate the gifts. And the gifts begin to be operational in your life. Alright, let's go into... So, so word of knowledge is past and present. Word of wisdom, future. Discerning of spirits is, is in the moment, in the now. And you just saw Jesus clearly uh, discerning in the life of Peter. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, the word of wisdom is also in the game here, and we want to explain some of that. Some of that. In Romans 4.17 says, He calling things that be not as though they were. And, and the Holy Spirit calls things that be not as though they were. Uh, and it happens momentarily as you begin to pray for someone. As you begin to lay hands on someone. If you open to the Holy Spirit, you will hear. You will hear a word. You will hear uh, a revelation. Now, if you're not open to the Holy Spirit, you will not ever hear it. One, one young man simply said, those things are attributes. Well, they're not attributes per se. They're moves of the Spirit of God. It comes to revelation of the Holy Spirit. And that young man will never hear from the Lord a word of any encouragement to others. So, let's go into Matthew 26, 24. Let me just take Scripture now. 26, Matthew 26, chapter 26. Okay. Chapter 26, uh, verse 24. Let me look at 24. Here we go. The Son of Man goes, and it is written of him. But woe unto that man whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had it had been good for that man if he had not been born. And so this is the the Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. Refers to all that the prophets had said concerning the time. And woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed, looking at the future, a word of wisdom. Here's another scripture. 
in Luke chapter 22.10. This is a, an interesting verse, chapter 22.10. Luke chapter 22.10. It says this, And he said unto them, Look at this, Behold, when you, when you are entering to the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. So he is speaking into the future. He is saying something that has not happened yet. But as the disciples come into play, it will be shown to the disciples. And Jesus is announcing how the Holy Spirit and the Word of Wisdom will appear. He says, you're going to see. So at that particular moment, there's a man carrying a pitcher of water, which is kind of a, um, a woman's job. But they will be coming from the left. This man is already walking into history. Follow him into the house where he enters. Follow him to the house where he enters. And you shall say unto the good man of the house, The master says unto you, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? He told the disciples what to say to the, to the man who owns the house. And so you see, a move of God that has not happened being spoken into being. Now that type of faith, that type of word of wisdom, that type of movement of the Spirit of God, it's a wonderful thing. I remember I met a man in the altar at a church in Atlanta. And he was a lawyer. And finances were difficult for him. He was going through a difficult time. And so... I came to him, and the Lord said to me to tell him that someone would approach him with $130,000 in the, in the next few days. Well, in the, in the next few days, this man uh, uh, met a Jewish brother. And the Jewish brother simply said to him, I have a check for you of $130,000. Now, if you want to check that to be true or not, you can talk to David Nutter and simply called David Nutter in Marietta, Georgia. And he'll tell you that that happened to him. Now, I, 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 I simply spoke what the Lord told me to say it. Uh, I, I, it wasn't uh, of my understanding. I wasn't comprehending what happened. I wasn't thinking about anything. I wasn't discussing, discussing something about finances. It just came to my mind, and I simply said to this man what I said. And so, and so, the same thing happened here as Jesus prepares the upper room for the Last Supper. Okay, good. I hope that you're getting something from this this morning. I want to go to John chapter 2, verse 7. John chapter 2. Verse 7. This is the first miracle. In the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called, and his disciples were called to the wedding. And the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I do to you with you? And of course, my hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he says unto you, 
do it. And there were six, there were set there six water pots of water. Six represent the number of men, always short of perfection. Represented seven is the God's number. Contained only two or three. Uh, 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 refer to the size of 18 to 24 gallons each. Now verse 7 begins our interaction. It says, Jesus said unto them, Who are them? The people who were taking care of the, of the water pot. Fill the water pots with water. Meaning that that, that that his hour had come and he had been given instructions from his heavenly father as to what he should do. And they filled them up to the brim. So he arrives. The wine is gone. He tells them to get uh, the six water pots that contain 18 to 27 gallons each and fill them six with water. Now, and he said unto them, and he said unto them these words, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. In other words, after you fill them up, take some and give to the governor of the feast, the person in charge of the wedding. For the ruler of the feast had tasted the water, so when did the miracle occur? The miracle occurred when they began to put water in the pots. You know, I don't know how long it took, maybe 15 minutes. You got to talk about six pots of 20, 18 to 27 gallons each. It takes uh, 15, 20 minutes. They didn't have a spigot of water. They had to draw water from somewhere. They had to bring the container of water. So as they poured water into the pots, something happened. <coughs> something happened. What happened was that as the water hit the bottom of the pots, it began to turn into wine. The water began to turn into wine. The servants which drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto them, Every man of the, uh, at the beginning does set forth good wine. In the beginning of the wedding, you just drink the worst wine. And when men have well drunk, and then that which is worse. But you have kept the good wine until now. Meaning that the wine they had earlier, that were inside of the pot. <laughs> and of course, it must have been a very large wedding. You talk about 27 gallons each, six pots. These people are thirsty. I mean, they're drinking wine like water. I wanted to be there to partake of that. You know, Evangelist Rick Bonfim, please save me some of the... some. Of, but I got late, and, I, and oh my goodness, I like to taste Jesus' wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. This is the first miracle ever performed and manifested forth His glory. And his disciples believed on him. After this he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren, and his disciples. And they continued there for many days. So there's the bunch of family moving along with Jesus, and twelve disciples moving along with Jesus after partaking of a beautiful wedding. Now, what gift of the Holy Spirit would you say 
that operated in this wedding. Would you like to give a suggestion here, Brother, Brother Andy? No. No. Okay. Because of your throat. You can't talk very well. Okay. Well, uh, I just want to ask you, is anybody out there in the television land and uh, uh, Internet would like to give, uh, give us a, a look at this? I, I mentioned the gifts, and you pick one. A word of knowledge. A word of wisdom. Yes. Mary said, do exactly as he says he will do. A word of wisdom. She spoke into the future that her son would now do something of supernatural way because they, the wine is gone. The first batch of wine is gone. And they replaced it with water. So as they did, as they were told, the miracle took place. What is that? That's faith in it. It can't be a word of knowledge because uh, it's past and present. It could be a word of knowledge. It could be a word of wisdom. It could be faith, meaning it has to be one of the three because it's reaching toward the future. It's saying, you do this and you're going to do, and something else is going to happen. You do this and something's going to happen. You move this way and God's going to do something else. Let me tell you, I heard a woman that has a, a, a kidney, liver, cancer. And I was watching my telephone and reading this article that Tamarindo is a miracle healer for this type of cancer. And so I'm looking for Tamarindo. I want to buy a batch and I want to give to her so she can eat it. Now, I heard that in my spirit. Uh, uh, You might not believe that, but I heard that in my spirit. Amen? Okay. Now, let's go to another one that... uh, 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 is John 2.19. And of course, uh, now in Jesus said, Then answered Jesus the Jews and said unto him, What sign you showed us, seeing that you do these things? You're doing these things, these miracles. What sign? Jesus answered and said, Destroy this temple. And in three days I will raise it up. In other words, crucify me. In three days I'll come back to life. And I'll send it into heaven. Amen. Meaning future. A word of wisdom. You can't destroy, you can't kill me, but I will return. Speaking into the future. Such as the Cana of Galilee wedding miracle. Speaking into the future that... If you do as my son says, it will be done. It will be done. And as they begin to pour water on the pots, it turned in best wine they ever tasted. Disciples says, give me a sign to the scribes saying, give me a sign. Jesus said, you can. Destroy this temple. And in three days I will raise it up. He's speaking of his resurrection, exactly what would happen in three days. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building. 
and we will rear up in three days. It's a sarcasm. In other words, it took 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to build it up in three days. And he spoke to the temple as his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them. Uh, and they believed in the scriptures and the word that Jesus had said. Amen. They were referring to Psalm 16.10. Let's take a look to Psalm 16.10. It's quite a beautiful scripture to stop a little bit in the midst of a Bible study like this and look to a cup of water. A cup of water to you. I've got to give you a cup of water right now. I'm going to give you a cup of water so you enjoy. For you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Christ saw no corruption in the grave, simply because He atoned for all sin. I heard of one of the most uh, powerful, powerful teachings in uh, this last Sunday at Mount Bethel Church in Marietta, Georgia. Dr. Uh, Jody Ray preached on the, on the Christ, the cross of Calvary, and the resurrection of the Lord. Neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. It was a powerful sermon, unbelievable sermon. So, what I'm saying to you is that when, when a scripture refers to the future per se, points to that which is not yet happened, you have to realize that that's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, just like Mary. Do exactly as He says. What did, uh, did, did He, He did? They threw, they got, he, he asked them to put water in the pots. And as they threw water in the pots, it transformed into the best wine of the whole. And 26 jars of water, 6 pots of water, 27 gallons each. That's a lot of water. Amen. Okay, let's go a little bit more. How about uh, John 21? I'm giving examples that I picked up in the Scripture this morning, uh, drinking a cup of coffee. And uh, John 21. Amen. Look at John 21. Oh, what a Scripture. What a beautiful. Look at verse 18. Ooh. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Verse 18. Here you go. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when you were young, you were girded yourself and walked where you would. But when you are old, you shall stretch forth your hand, and another shall gird you and carry you where you would not. You would not. This is spoke, he signifying what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto, unto him, Follow me. When you're young, you don't need anybody to help you. You know, I've been praying the Lord has sent somebody to walk with me and take care of me in my old age. Nothing wrong with that. I need somebody to drive for me. So Andy has been the driver lately. But the Lord could send a good-looking Brazilian Absolutely. woman of God, couldn't he? I'll drive her but it's referring to there's a certain age, a certain time in your life where you're going to need help to get up from this point A to point B. 
Amen. The Lord bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Brilha a luz que é no do meu viver.